Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Thanks for coming on the show, Mary. Uh, tell everybody where you're from. All right. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm Mary and I'm currently uh, living in Lagos, Nigeria. I'm half Filipino, though. I'm half Nigerian, half Filipino. Um, and I was born in Turkey. So I guess that's why on my Twitter bio, I have all three flags. <laughs> um and I'm a Bitcoiner, um, really bullish on Bitcoin content creation. So um, I'm also into Bitcoin gaming, which is, you know, something I'm trying to work on. Um, I have my own Bitcoin only gaming channel on Twitch. Uh, the goal is really to let people know that it's possible to be a Bitcoin only gamer. Um, so you don't, I mean, there are other really cool Bitcoin games out there. I mean, although like Valorant and uh, Call of Duty sound look cool and fun, um, but we have our Bitcoin games just for those um, plebs who feel like I just want to go and do Bitcoin only stuff. So it's just, I just have that as a project to let people know that it's possible. Um, I also run the uh, Nigeria Bitcoin Meetup project. Wow. So um, I hope yeah, so the goal of the project really is to host Bitcoin meetups and spread Bitcoin um, education and innovation in different parts of Nigeria. Um, I like what people are doing through Bitcoin meetups by, you know, spreading education. Um, but I felt like in Nigeria and in Africa, I feel it's really important to also encourage Bitcoin innovation um, and get people to start creating projects on about like around Bitcoin with, with their technical and non-technical skills. So um, that's what the Bitcoin Meetup project is all about. I work for Bitnob. Um, I am the podcast host of their podcast called The Knobcast. Um, and Bitnob is a Bitcoin only company that um, where you can like use to you know buy save uh, receive in bitcoin um and it's really super cool com company shout out to bitnob 
And um, I'm also part of the Satoshi Journal team. So um, Satoshi Journal is a online Bitcoin, um, you know, online Bitcoin media platform where we, you know, share Bitcoin stories and also Bitcoin news and education. So yeah, I'm into a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> um, basically all Bitcoin. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I don't know how you can do it all. That's crazy. You got a lot of stuff going on. What is your, what's a normal day in the life of Mary look like? Um, that's a good question. So I'm actually a multitasker, a chronic one, not recommended. <laughs> uh, so, so I just, I, I just really love Bitcoin and um, I'm always so excited to be a part of projects that are out there to encourage people to think outside the box. So um, I, that's why I, no matter what the project is, I'm always open to being a part of it because one, Bitcoin education, two, just to... Um, help nurture the Bitcoin ecosystem, right? So as more people are learning about Bitcoin, we have a larger community to cater for. So um, I think it's important to try and meet other people's needs um, and their interests and let them know that it is possible to integrate their interests and personal hobbies with Bitcoin such that um, no matter what they do, in the Bitcoin space, it will always be relevant and they can continue to live the Bitcoin standard. Um, some people, like we all believe, we as Bitcoiners believe in the Bitcoin standard that it's it, we should be doing everything Bitcoin. But there are also some people who feel like, oh, Bitcoin is cool, but I don't know how to actually live in the Bitcoin standard. So um, by taking up these different projects, um, which are all moving like towards Bitcoin, you know, a hype, moving towards hyper Bitcoinization, I feel like I'm just playing literally playing my uh my part so my day in the life really is just me juggling between uh, my work with bitnob and also other bitcoin projects um it can be a lot that i admit um but i the goal is just to have fun through it all um and i'm so grateful for the people i work with because they're very understanding and um, they support me in my projects and they re remind me all the time to take a rest and not burn out. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think what was really interesting uh, for me when I saw your post on Stacker News, like that's, that's how I heard about you. Uh, and, and it was a very like concise post and it was talking about how you're, you have this Twitch channel and it's growing really fast. And like, if you're doing it with lightning games and, I was like, wow, like who's this person that takes the initiative just to do it? And then not only that, like to let everybody know, like this is possible to inspire. To me, that was just like, okay, I, I need to know who Mary is. Like, I, like, like she's onto something. Aww. And like what you said though, was you're, you're trying to find the thing that, that you are comfortable in interfacing with, with Bitcoin. And, and for you, that was like the, the easiest way to start off, but uh, I had no idea you did all these other things. That's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I so I'm I'm not from a very not from a very technical background. I'm not technical at all. Um, my sister is a developer and a lawyer as well. So I've grown up like watching my sister do all these amazing things, as, you know, coding and all that. And when I got into the Bitcoin space initially, I thought the only 
people who are relevant in the Bitcoin space are those who could code. Um, so I was just there stacking my sats, you know, trying to learn about Bitcoin as much as I could. But I really wanted to play a big part in the Bitcoin space. Like, you know, when you believe in something, you want to lend a hand in any way you can. And I, I thought I was limited because I was non-technical. Like I was more of the artsy, creative person. I, I was a, I'm a, been a freelancer for several, freelance writer for several, several years. Um, so I was like, okay, how can I, as myself with what I have and my own abilities, how can I give back to the Bitcoin space? Um, and then the more I looked, the more I saw people who had other amazing talents who are equally passionate about Bitcoin doing their own little thing. Um, and I was like, man, we have to like shine light to these guys. We have Bitcoin artists. Um, we have Bitcoin photographers. And when I tell people about Bitcoin artistry, photography, um, Bitcoin writing and things like that, they're like, wow, is that even possible? Is that a niche? I'm, so I'm trying as much as I can to let people know that, yeah, you can have the Bitcoin version of all the um, conventional fiat monetary system thing that we are used to. Like, like if we want to live the Bitcoin world and see Bitcoin like actually live Bitcoin, then you have to start discovering ways you can, you know, make that switch starting from where you're, where you're at. Right. I was a writer. So I'm like, okay, how can I write Bitcoin related stuff? Um, I got into Bitcoin gaming. I mean, I got into like, I play games once in a while and I was like, Oh, are they Bitcoin games? My mom plays a lot of games. It's actually my mom that really pushed me into Bitcoin gaming to be exact. <laughs> but like, I was like, are they Bitcoin games? So I started asking all these questions and the more I asked, the more I started seeing them. So now my, I, I'm on a mission to let people know that you can do all these things. Um, I had a call with someone recently and he was talking about wanting to travel the world and, um, uh, you know, orange pill people. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But like, you could do so much more, you know, like, although you want to orange pill people, why not create a niche? around it, right? I believe that one day being a Bitcoin, um, you know, all those, you know, all those like influencers that go from like restaurant to restaurant to try yeah. their food and stuff. Yeah. I believe that one day we can have the Bitcoin version of that where someone oh, will travel yeah. and go to different restaurants that accept Bitcoin and actually review their food, right? That could be yeah. a thing. So like yeah. start where you're at. And for me, that's what I did. And it's, I mean, I'm just trying to let people know that it's possible. Yeah, that's so inspiring. Yeah, you're right. I'm surprised there isn't an Instagram like profile of like trying out all the places that accept Bitcoin. And and then you, before you know it, they start paying you in Bitcoin to come review their restaurant. Like, like yeah, there's so much opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think just people, uh, you know, maybe they get discouraged because they, they don't know how to start or, uh, but it, also, I think what you did was really smart. Like you have all these different kind of sandboxes, these buckets that you're like being creative in. And maybe like this, the Twitch thing is not like your full thing that you're doing, but it's, it's, it's one funnel on, on the way to like letting people find out about you. And if you have all these different funnels leading back to you, it's like, oh, you do that too. And then, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of smart that like you did that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool. I mean, uh, so through Twitch, I'm trying to build like a Bitcoin, Bitcoin only gamer community. 
So for people who want to also run a Twitch channel like myself and just make it fully Bitcoin, because aside from my channel, one other guy, who's, his name is Bobby, um, who streams like Bitcoin games. I know there's one time when um, Jack Everett from Thunder, and actually he was the one who inspired me because I saw his channel on Twitch where he played one of the games from Thunder Games on his channel. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, aside from those three examples, uh, there aren't any other Bitcoin-only gamers. Yeah, there are some gamers that probably play like um, CSGO, which is Counter-Strike that, um, you know, with Zebedee and Fuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have some gamers who play that, um, but they don't speak English. <laughs> so, um, and I feel, and then aside from that, the only biggest Twitch channel that covers Bitcoin related stuff is Bitcoin magazine. So like I decided to, you know, create a Bitcoin gamer um, discord so that people can go in there, learn how to set their own um, Twitch channel up just like the way I did. Um, so that this information and experience can spread. Um, so like after every um, Twitch stream, I log my journey. I log my failures, what I did, the new things I added to this Twitch um, stream that day, um, my observations. I write everything down when, in the hope that whoever reads it, don't, doesn't, they don't have to start from zero anymore, right? Because I want to decentralize this information as much as possible so that we can have more people, um, you know, do these amazing things as well. Yeah, you're so- I can't do everything. <laughs> I can't yeah, do you everything. Have, you, have such a right you really do, Mary. Like, uh, th- that's, what we, that's what we do here at Plub Lab. Like, we, we were uh, one of those people that kind of we could throw events with Austin Bitcoin Club. And we were really good at gathering people together, gathering the community together, get, like rallying behind a project or whatever it was. And um, we just found out over the course of like months that like, man, we're just really good at this. This is like a natural talent that um, me, Kyle and Keon have together and uh, like giving it away for free, like doing workshops and like letting other people know how your process is like literally helps um, launch more club labs across the world. And, and like the more free and available you are with that information, the more people that it'll actually get to Bitcoin adoption faster than it would if you just keep it close to yeah. the chest and don't share. And it's like, like, like with the, with the, the tab comp guys, we always talk to them about like what we're working on, what we think about, like, you know, even during like we did Bitcoin plus plus, we were like talking with everybody about conferences, like how they did it, what, what, what we could have learned from it. Um, so I think you're right on that. You're like right on target. Like sharing that information is so key because you don't know like who is going to read it and then get inspired and then go create it and then you can learn from each other. It's like, Absolutely. And I think that's really how we grow, right? Like um, some of the amazing Bitcoiners that we follow on Twitter or any other platform, right? We wouldn't have known what they're doing unless they shared them. Um, I got to know that Bitcoin photography, something like Bitcoin photography is possible because one person started sharing their um, like collection of Bitcoin related photographs, right? And then I now got interested in actually checked out like so there are these royalty free image websites where we all go get all these photos so imagine you're you have a podcast and you maybe want to write like a a short post about this podcast episode on stacker news and you want you're look you're out there looking for a bitcoin related photograph right 
when you go to all these royalty-free sites, like if I dare anyone who, who watches this or listens to this right now to just go to any um, Bitcoin, any royalty-free site, write Bitcoin, see the pictures that come out. You're likely to yeah. see, if you, you're likely to see like um, all these shit coins show up yeah, or something. So okay, too. now go and write, yeah, go, okay, go and write Satoshi Nakamoto. What do you see, right? And you'll see that, like 99.9% of the pictures there do not represent who Satoshi Nakamoto is. It's only a Bitcoiner who understands Bitcoin that know the kind of pictures they would take to represent Satoshi Nakamoto. So imagine you wanted to write that awesome piece and you wanted to use a picture of Satoshi Nakamoto or something that represents Satoshi. But you go and check the royalty-free site, you see literally nothing and you have to improvise with, you know, these Bitcoin coins or something, right? That's what we all do. We improvise. That's why it's important for Bitcoin photographers to go and do their thing um, and share all these stuff. So, I mean, these are like really cool stuff that I've been like brainstorming about. And I just tell people because I'm not a photographer, but I know that some photographer would be interested in doing this and expanding their research and seeing what they can do. Same with art, same with music, same with um, gaming, whatever it is. Yeah, you, man, you're inspiring me to go do that because <laughs> I, I use a lot of those <laughs> all the time to source stuff just to get ideas and then jump from it. But like, yeah, you're so right. They're so lame. <laughs> like, oh, like no one. I always, <laughs> I always blame like the 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 thing. I'm just like, man, no one's creative. But yeah, you're right. It literally just takes somebody to go out there and like start uploading a lot of the cool stuff. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so tell me about your meetup. Like, uh, uh, we started Austin Bitcoin Club here in Austin. We don't run it anymore. Like. Um, but I know what it's like to start a club. Uh, so what what is it like, uh, it, uh, you know, in Nigeria starting a, a meetup? Like how, like what kind of what kind of stuff did you learn from it? Um, how has it evolved? Um, so, I mean, I learned a lot within that short amount of time. Um, first off, what I learned was that there is actually a really um, passionate Bitcoin community in Nigeria, uh, particularly in Lagos, where I stay. Um, I'm yet to like travel other states, but um, there are passionate Bitcoiners out there in Nigeria. And what they really needed was a space where we could just chill together and speak Bitcoin. I've never been to a meetup before. So it's really, it was really funny. I set up a meetup with, without ever having a frame of reference. Um, and so it was really cool to have this meetup and a lot of people show up and we're all talking about Bitcoin. That was for the first time for me. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So I was like being in this Bitcoin bubble. <laughs> I was so happy to meet so many people passionate about Bitcoin, sharing ideas and coming up with different things. Um, people coming to me and being like, oh, I didn't know about this. I'm going to try this today. Or we'll be like, oh, what wallet are you using? Uh, you said something about it. And it was really cool. Um, so that is the experiential part of the meetup. Um, the other part of the meetup as for organization, funding. Um, so because it was a Bitcoin only meetup, I wanted to maintain the theme of everything being Bitcoin only. So all the 
donations towards the meetup were all Bitcoin. So it is Bitcoin meetup funded by funded with Bitcoin, um, which was really interesting. I've never raised any funding before. Um, so it was really nice to see a lot of people who are interested about it. A couple of things I learned, though, is that it's very important if anybody wants to set up a meetup, it's very important for you to have a story and a reason why you want to set up a meetup. Yeah, people will be like, oh, it's obvious what a Bitcoin meetup is for. But like you as the host of the meetup, what, why are you setting it up? Um, and I saw that by sharing my story and the reason why I personally wanted to host the meetup is something that really um, got people interested in the meetup, both the participants and the, um, the sponsors uh, get really interested about the meetup, right? So I didn't just want to bring a bunch of Bitcoiners in one space and we talk only about Bitcoin. I wanted to bring a bunch of people who are interested in Bitcoin or curious about Bitcoin to come and sit down and be like, okay, we have this problem in Nigeria and in Africa. How do we solve this problem with the unique gifts and skills that we have? That was my goal behind the meetup. It wasn't just sit down, listen to a lecture or someone look, share some slides. It's like, go there, come out knowing that, oh, I need to do this thing. I know who to reach out to because I met these bunch of people who would work well with my project or idea. And so I shared that story. I shared the vision behind it. And that actually really helped get a lot of attention to meetups. I know that different meetups would have different purposes and different visions, but whatever your vision or purpose behind your meetup is, I feel it's very important to share that story. And then secondly, being transparent about everything is so important. So if you are able to reach out to um, maybe someone who writes articles like, for example, um, Satoshi's Journal was the media partner for my meetup. They documented the whole process. Uh, they shared the press release and everything. So from A to Z, they were there. Um, and, I feel, and then we had um, the Bitcoin for Fairness. They had an article about us um, as well. And then when I was raising funds, I would just go out there on Twitter and be like, thank you so much. I'm so happy and so grateful about this um, and literally show evidence that this is what happened. Um, you know, we had Pakadola India come in as well, and he shared a couple of videos from the meetup, which is, and that video, I mean, it was just proof that yes, it indeed the meetup held. We were, we could really see the numbers, at least from the video, you can tell that maybe about 30, 40 people came in. Like there is, transparency. And I th feel like that is also important. So story, being transparent, having a, having an, a goal or a vision behind the purpose of your Bitcoin meetup is definitely key. And those are the lessons I'm going to carry along for the next um, round of meetups that I'll be setting up. Yeah. I, you're, you've hit, yeah, hundred percent. Everything you said, I totally agree with. There's <laughs> it, it's it, no, it, it really is. You have to, it's almost like the way I looked at it when I started ABC was like, I have to think of the selfish reasons I want to start it like for myself, what I think I should start it for. And then when I had Kyle, he's, he's the co-founder of ABC two, like uh, what was his reasons? And then we both came to the decision, like we wanted to help our community. Like we really wanted to help Austin and get um, Bitcoin out there. Uh, and cause at the time they were trying to move like city coin here and do all those kind of things. So we were like, no, like we need to go full throttle and like let everybody know like what Bitcoin is and, that's why we did a lot of the things we did that way was because like 
we needed to be loud. We needed to be aggressive. We needed to do these things to let people know, like, no, Bitcoiners are here and they're going to keep coming. And, and that's, that's how I saw it early on. Um, another thing that you hit on really well too, was the, the whole Satoshi journal. Like, I would say that's probably even more important than anything else is like, if you're starting a meetup, you probably should start a media company right alongside of it. Uh, because (laughs) no one's going to write about you. No one's going to talk about you. The only way that you're going to be able to get any kind of traction is through Twitter or through some of our normal things that we have a telegram group, but for that thing to grow, for that thing to people, for people out there in the, the greater part of the world to see and hear you, you have to create a media site to go along with it, to, to write about the things that you're doing in your community through the meetup. doesn't necessarily need to be about the meetup only, but it just definitely should be covering a lot of the Bitcoin things that are happening locally. Cause I think that's where we did that really well here in Austin. We had thriller, Bit- I already had thriller Bitcoin was writing in there. So everything that we were doing with the meetup with all the stuff like that was all running through thriller Bitcoin. Cause no one's going to write about us. So I, yeah. I like how you did that. Like you did that as well too. As Satoshi Journal, they were writing about you, so they people know you exist. And then like proof of work, right? It, that's all it is. It's just proof of work. Like people need to see the proof of work to actually believe that you're actually doing something. Because a lot a lot of people in the Bitcoin space know that you could just be larping and stuff like that. But if you show proof of work with actual pictures, um, people know that hey, mm-hmm. you're actually getting stuff done. So good points all around. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it it's, it was really fun. Um, it was it was really fun. I, I really enjoyed the pro- process. There were ups and downs, you know, as is with everything that you start for the first time. But like, I'm so grateful to all those people who you know reached out and said and to lend a hand, um, who are there present, and it was it was really cool. I mean, for the first time, like that was my first Bitcoin meetup experience, yeah. not just as an organizer, but also as a participant. So it was really amazing. Um, I'm very excited for the next set. Next set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I, and it's it's it helps you like really care about your city, too, because then you feel like a, a city organizer of a sort and really makes you want to, like, you know, see your city, your town, like thrive and go in the right direction. You start picking up trash randomly. You're like, why am I picking up trash? Cause you care. Like, like <laughs> I do that. And I'm like, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Right? But it only happens because you started a meetup or you have this, like, you know, this love for your city. But uh, That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you, so um, where do you see, where do you see like, like uh, Bitcoin in Nigeria and, and like, as far as like development uh, in the Bitcoin space, like, where do you see that kind of headed? Like, like what, cause you're like on, you're like, you're in the, you're in the front line, like doing all this amazing work. So you, I would say you, so you more so than most people probably have like a really good idea of like where this is all headed, especially with Bitcoin in Nigeria. Like, where do you see everything kind of playing out? Do you think lightning is the, the sweet spot for a lot of this stuff? Oh, that's a really good question. So um, from my own personal standpoint, uh, I really feel that in Nigeria, there's going to be or there is already like a lot of um, movement towards Bitcoin innovation. Um, I feel like one thing that we'll start seeing is that more people will be interested in creating Bitcoin projects. Um, and Lightning makes it really good because, you know, 
when you use Lightning and you see the speed at which you get Bitcoin or Sats sent to you, it's a lot easier to orange pill people um, because they see it instantly like this. Uh, there was a time when uh, I and the members of my team at Bitnob, we actually tested how fast uh, it is to send um, sats using a lightning address and compare it with sending a text message. And uh, <laughs> it was a really funny experiment, but it, the idea was to prove how fast it really is. So when you tell people, I mean, have you received a text before? They'll be like, yeah, you know, I always do that. And imagine getting sats that fast or even faster, like to key to like Bitcoin adoption. Um, as for the development side, a lot of interesting projects are coming up in um, Nigeria right now. Uh, for example, I work in Bitnob. We have a lot of really interesting new features on, on the Bitnob app. Um, we have Lightning integration. Currently, like the only um, you know Bitcoin company here that has Lightning integration. Um, so we have Lightning integration. We have a lot of other interesting projects. Like we have Bitnob for Business, which is a platform that allows businesses to receive. Um, Bitcoin payments. And it's even the same platform I use to raise um, uh, fund, funding for the meetup uh, as just as a proof of concept, right? Um, so when I've had people reach out to me, um, Nigerians reach out to me to get more information about how I use these things. Uh, so we're going to see some businesses, and I believe we're going to start seeing some businesses start accepting Bitcoin payments. There are some businesses that do that right now. Um, which I'm very happy about. They're not loud and out there, uh, maybe because of fear of like sanctions or, you know, being like uh, zeroed in by the government or whatever. But it's so nice to know that they exist. Um, I'm yet to go and check them out and try them for myself. I'm definitely planning to do that before the year runs out. But I'm seeing a lot of businesses going that light. One of the things we discussed at the um, meetup was imagine... You as a local business, you are currently receiving um, payment for your goods and services in fiat. Now, the day you decide to start ex ex um, accepting Bitcoin payments, what you're doing is you've, you're changing your local business to be a global business. Um, and Lagos is a commercial capital of Nigeria. So telling people who are in the commercial capital of Nigeria that, look, you can globalize your business with this simple switch. Um, I know that the more we tell this to more people, we're going to start seeing some businesses look or be open towards trying it out um, and actually see their business expand to the global level. Um, and what else have I missed? Okay, then we have a lot of creative people here. Um, and I know that, Okay, for example, with um, NFTs, there was huge NFT boom in Nigeria. Um, so I know that if we look at how fast the creative industry went and like held on to NFTs, I know that if they understand Bitcoin and combine Bitcoin and their art, there will be a way they can um, sell their art or like publicize their art and, and receive sats for this. So we're going to start seeing 
um, an influx of people thinking outside of the box um, in Nigeria. Um, because now people are starting to recognize that a lot of the Bitcoin solutions that we have access to, they were created with the mind that it's only people in that region where the app was created that will use this thing, right? Never did people, the creators of Cash App or Strike think that Strike would go as Okay, I can see you now. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> sorry sorry no, about that. <laughs> Uh, so I think you're left leaving on the part where you're talking about strike, where you see strike, uh, going somewhere. Yeah. So, um, strike cash app, all these platforms never thought that they would be as big as they are today or go farther than the shores of the U S right. So, um, one thing that, and, and people are starting to like people in developing countries in Africa, they're starting to recognize that these platforms, they're great. But they were created with the mind, created with the people um, where it's coming from, their original people in mind, right? Um, they don't solve African problems, at least not perfectly. So I'm, I believe that in a couple of years, um, we're going to start seeing applications, platforms that will be developed, that would be developed in such a way that will address our unique or peculiar problems. Um, in Africa. And, and uh, I believe that when that happens, which even countries in the West are going to start seeing, you know, Bitcoin applications from a different perspective, because, you know, you can only create something based on the problems that you're aware of. Right. So um, it's going to be very interesting. And um, I really hope that when these developments happen, I hope that, um, there'll be a lot of integration as well, where companies that come from the West and companies that come from developing countries could work together and integrate such that, because we're all working towards the same goal, right? Hyper-Bitcoinization. So that, that's my own projection. Um, and I, I really feel that big things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's such, a, that's such a great way to look at it too, right? Because if you're having some of the, uh, some issues inside of Nigeria that, only Nigerians can actually fix. Uh, it kind of makes sense that they would have developers that would go and fix those things, right? Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, it makes it actually it just makes like the most sense. Um, but it, and then what you also have is like some companies from the West thinking that they can solve everybody's problems, and which they probably can't. Um, yeah, <laughs> they'll, get, they'll get close maybe, but uh, it doesn't solve a lot of the problems. And you see that time and time again in this space where people will you know think they can solve El Salvador's problems or whoever Mexico city or whoever it is. And it's like, no, it actually has to be from the ground up. It actually has to be kind of a grassroots thing at, at some, some level. And maybe, maybe people from the outside, like you said, can go in and, and like help them uh, get there. And um, yeah, but I think you're, I think you're right about all that for sure. Yeah. I, I think um, with time we'll start to see like, the ecosystem get richer in terms of diversity of um, platforms and uh, unique ways of solving problems. Like what we're seeing now is just literally scratching the um, the surface. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this uh, platform called Machankara. So Machankara, um, it's it what how it works is 
it works through an SMS service. So imagine using USSD code or an SMS to create your own lightning address and to receive and send Bitcoin. And you can do that all from a feature phone. A lot of people think, you know, that everybody in Africa or even in developing countries have access to a smartphone, whereas that's not the case. Uh, there are a lot of people who only have enough money to buy feature phones. Um, some will be like, I don't need the internet. Um, so I'm just going to manage with this feature phone. I can call, I can receive calls. I can, people can call me. Um, I can call people. I can send text messages. What else do I need? Right. You have people like that, but then they also need Bitcoin. Right. Um, and if you're, if you think that everybody has a smartphone, what you're doing is you are alienating a lot of people from having access to Bitcoin. Um, so Machankra looked at that common problem, which is prevalent in Africa and created a solution for this, for this problem such that now even someone who's a farmer in the village or in a rural area that has probably zero internet coverage, or, I mean, maybe people have not never seen a, a, a smartphone before or don't even care about the internet could still have access to Bitcoin. Um, which is really cool. And that's a unique problem that people in the West probably never thought of because they all assumed that everyone had a smartphone. Yeah, you're, you're so right on that. I, I know like I've taken trips to other countries and um, like they'll use like Visa or MasterCard or something and they'll pull out like this little device and it'll just be like a little thing that connects to their phone or whatever it's connected to. And then they are able to charge you. And it's like, oh, I've never seen one of those. This is where I've kind of always, you know, I think I think Bitcoin as Bitcoiners, as we be, as we become more wealthy over the years, I really start. I really think that we should start making our own hardware uh, for a lot of these things, because if we can send, you know, a, a device that literally all it needs is just like a cellular connection or like an Internet connection. And all it does is just like send back and forth, you know, transactions like that would that'd be so profound, especially if it could be used as like a payment system or a payment terminal. But I think that the cheaper you can get it and the smaller and the more portable, kind of like what you see with those credit card readers. I think once you get to that kind of scale where it literally can just connect to anything and then you're able to send these like batch of transactions, I think, I think that's when we finally start seeing this kind of really take off. Um, I wanted to ask yeah. you a question though. About the, uh, about like lightning over there in Nigeria, like how is that kind of taken off? Are more creatives like moving towards it? Do they even know about lightning or is that something that is just going to take more time? Um, well, from my perspective, I feel like there's still a lot of um, education that needs to happen. Um, because when you, I show people how lightning works, they're still very fascinated about how fast it is. You know, it's, there's a difference between someone who's already used to this versus someone who has never seen it before. And without them even telling me that, oh, I've never heard of lightning or I don't know how it works. You could tell from the expression of their faces that, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I've never seen this work like this before. So I feel like there's going, there's a lot, still a lot of education that needs to be done, but those who have access to um, BitNob, for example, they already have access to lightning and they're using it. Um, and, but I feel with education, they get to discover other ways they can use lightning. Um, gaming, for example, you get paid in sats via lightning. Um, 
you know, Bitru, what Bitrefill is doing with the vouchers, right? You pay with via Lightning. So I think in addition to um, educating people how to use Lightning, there also might be a need for more education to show people other ways they can use Lightning. Um, so, but like when it, ever you share, you talk about Lightning um, and demonstrate it to people, it really does get their yeah. interest. It, it um, but I'm sure, I, I know it's a, a matter of time before more people use it. Yeah, it definitely. It's one of those things. Uh, it, and then it's just cool too. <laughs> like, it's just cool. Yeah. It's a really good brand. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but it just, when you think of lightning, you're just like, oh, it's cool. Um, there's just something about it. I don't, and I, I knew when the first time I, you know, they, I heard about it in like 2019, 2020, I was like, oh, this just feels cool. Um, yeah, it really is cool. <laughs> I remember the first day I tried it out. I like, oh my gosh, ever since then I've been addicted. So like now I look for different ways I can use lightning because I love how fast it is. Yeah. And these days I would like, I won't create unless I'm getting paid or like, I won't do anything on social media these days unless I'm getting some sort of lightning uh, integration. I think that's where it's kind of headed. Like I, I think it's going to get to a certain point where people aren't going to be posting anything socially just for the fun of it anymore, unless they're getting paid sats of some sort. Like, that's why I think it's like the end of days yeah. for like Twitter and for like um, I Facebook. Th- yeah. I, I think I think it's um because we're becoming more aware of the idea of proof of work. Um, mm-hmm. you know, creating content or tweeting is no longer just, you know, something you do for leisure. There are now people who yeah. are being strategic about it and they want to mm-hmm. uh get rewarded for their intellectual property (laughs) so so yeah but like for twitter for example there are platforms you can use like i don't know if you've heard of twitoshi before so twitoshi is just like twitter and you can you earn sats just using it normally like the way you use twitter so for when you tweet at the end of the day or rather for me it's the next morning um i get my sats rewards for all the tweeting I've done what? for today. So know. what is Twitoshi? <laughs> you said this whole time. It's called yeah. It's called tweet Twitoshi. Um, so I'll you can tweet, you can retweet, you can send DMs, just like the way you use Twitter. I think the only thing you can't do right now is to join Twitter Spaces. But I, I believe that with time, that is going to be included. But that's something one could look at. Uh, so for all our the Bitcoin, the Bitcoiners on Twitter who want to earn SaaS for tweeting, Tutoshi's your your That's go-to. So cool. I, the, the, I feel you remind me of my my friend. Uh, he also has like this thing where he's like, I don't know what it's called, but he has like he knows all the cool stuff to get like SaaS, and then then he's like, yeah, and I send it through <laughs> this, and then it goes out this way, and I say twenty percent on my bill, or I'm like, wait, how did you? Wait, how? Yeah, I actually actually cool. have a whole list. Really? Uh, I have a whole list of Bitcoin platforms that you can use to get sats. I have a whole list um, awesome. of that. I can share it um, so you can drop yeah, in your you show should, notes you or write, your description. You so. <laughs> yeah, you should write about it and like post it, post it somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, man, it's so great talking to you. I, I, I feel like you're uh, you're definitely doing a lot, like which is inspiring as hell, like for me. Uh, and Aww. it also it also seems like you're very knowledgeable about all these things because it's like it's a lot. You know what it's like a day in the life of like Bitcoin, like everything moves fast. 
Um, so. Yeah, it, it's hard to keep up sometimes. Um, yeah. But like, I feel like if we could just do a little bit by taking stock of all these cool things you can do with Bitcoin and all these cool platforms and share it with many people, uh, with time, more people will get to see it. So that is why I had that um, list that I keep like, updating as I go and I share it with as many people as I can. Um, and so that people are aware I've seen Twitter threads about this, where people share a list and of their favorite Bitcoin, um, platforms. And this is the Bitcoin innovation I'm talking about through all this, we can like literally live, literally live the Bitcoin lifestyle from reading to tweeting, to listening to podcasts. You can earn sats. It's so cool. Everything. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, Thank you so much for coming on the pod. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, super inspiring. And I, I kind of knew, I was like, oh man, I have, I was telling Keon, I was like, I have a feeling I'm just going to get super inspired today after talking to Mary. Cause like just like watching you on the internet, I'm just like, wow, look at all this cool stuff she's doing. Like it's, it's inspiring. And um, yeah, hats off to you. And where, where can people follow you? Where, where can people, uh, you know, get in contact with you if they want to like, you know, do gaming or something like that? Sure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And um, it's very nice that I got a platform to share all this. So you can follow me on Twitter. Um, my handle is at Mary underscore Imaswen. That's M-A-R-Y underscore I-M-A-S-U-E-N. And for gaming, I stream every Monday um, at 9 p.m. West African time, 8 p.m. GMT, 4 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> so I have all the time zones there. Um, I stream every Monday on Twitch. Um, and my Twitch name is Mary Imaswen. That's M-A-R-Y-I-M-A-S-U-E-N. Um, and yeah, just give me a follow. I'll be happy to chat with you if you have any questions. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Mary. I appreciate it. I'm going to end it right here.